0: My name is Shane Brody I'm traveling around the country talking to trans people about identity and uh, sorry my dog is now on the table (laughs) Um, identity uh, politics uh, religion all kinds of beliefs and uh, I'm kind of trying to find people who are from a little bit different point of view than you might have heard before Uh, and so today I am in western Massachusetts, and it's quite hot and very humid out today. And if you've been watching my videos at all, you know that I'm from Alaska, so wow. This is really, woo, it's like being in a sauna. We're in a really beautiful setting. This is a, it looks like a little liberal arts school uh, in the center of a small town. And it's just gorgeous out here. There's like, uh, we're surrounded by old mountain ranges that are not like the west where they're in these. Uh, sharp peaks it's like all very rounded there's very deep valleys so many trees it's completely forested around here except for these beautiful brick buildings there's old mills around here that's probably why there's a town here is because there's this giant mill that was here mm-hmm. um, anyway so enough about the area and about me uh, I'm gonna turn this over for a second so my guest can introduce herself Hi,
1: everybody. Uh, My name is Ashley Shade. We're here in North Adams, Massachusetts, my hometown, and I am a North Adams city councilor. I was elected in November of 2021 and, and took office this past January. So I've been in office now about eight months.
0: Oh, okay. Great. Yes. Uh, All right. Uh, uh, And you were open in that process about being like a trans person. Absolutely. I bet that would be hard, though, to hide that because you grew up here and it's a rather small town. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I I grew up here. I left for about a year in 2013, 2014 and then came back and then came out. And my coming out was really shocking in public. Okay. Um, I worked at a shocking. Nobody knew I was trans beforehand. Um, Okay. I grew up um, in this area. I played football in high school and okay. then semi-professional football after high school. Oh my! Um, and I went to like college in, here. like up in Canada or something. Um, no, here, here okay. in, in the United States, mm. um, the New England Football League. Okay. Um, is that like a feeder into the professional leagues? Um, not quite. Maybe a feeder into arena, mm. mm-hmm. which is kind of you know a thing. Yeah. But um, it's it's you. It's one of those leagues where you kind of, you end up paying to play rather than the other way around. Mm, Like for travel expenses? Exactly. Mm. You pay dues and equipment and stuff. Okay. so everything's on you. So the people who love playing are the ones who end up there. Right. Um, And I played football for 10 years in total between high school and uh, semi-pro. Um, And then I moved away for a little bit and uh, lived out near Boston for about a year. Okay. And uh, I had to work seven days a week in two jobs to afford it. And after about a year of that, I said, okay, time to go back. It's a lot cheaper back home. Yeah, Boston's intense. I mean, even the so-called bad
0: neighborhoods, you know, like maybe down south or something like that, like they're Mm -hmm. super expensive.
1: Yeah, I was living in Saugus, which is about 10 miles north of Boston. Okay. And uh, a three bedroom back in 2013, I had two roommates. Um, and rent was like2,600 dollars a month. Oh my goodness. So it was it yeah. was intense. It was, it was really expensive and, and difficult to. Yeah. And I just decided I didn't want to work seven days a week, two yeah. jobs every single day and, and uh, you know I would work these 40 day stretches, 45 days mm. and then take uh, I use vacation time to take a couple of days off and give yeah. myself a break. That's a great way to burn out. Yeah, so yeah. I did that for a full year, and I was like, okay, I'm, i I'm, i not, I don't want to live this way. Yeah. So pe- people on the West
0: Coast can really commiserate with that too, because like that's how all the cities are on the West Coast now. Even places like Portland. Yeah. Which was just recently gentrified. Like it's just like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. So I ended up moving back, and and while I was out in Boston, it gave me a little bit of time to think about, you know, who I am and what I want to be in my life. And that's where I was really able to, uh, to accept myself. Um, it took a a near death experience to really wake me up. And, and I decided at that point, okay, I, I need to make changes in my life to be happy. Mm. And, um, so when I came back, it took me a little time to get back on my feet, find a job, get it, get it, and get my own place. And as soon as I had my own place, I basically came out. Here in North Adams. Right here mm-hmm. in North Adams. Um, but at the time, I was working as a pharmacy technician at CVS. Okay. And so when you're working as a pharmacy technician, you're, you're right there in the public eye. Everybody goes to the pharmacy for medication. Right. Everybody's there. So my coming out was very public, and it was just... It was. It was not expected. It wasn't something that I told a bunch of people ahead of time. It wasn't something that I had talked about with many people. I just kind of did it. Yeah. And so um, my 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 anniversary is actually coming up next month, um, September third. So.
0: Okay. Oh wow, that's that's really interesting. You know, coming out in a small town. So I'd love to hear about that. Um, it seems like here in North Adams, there's. I don't know if it's this is just my uh first impression of it from yesterday uh when i was here early there's a lot of disabled people here and there's a lot of older people here yeah is there something to that are there special programs here or retirement communities or something
1: so um north Adams is an older population the average age of our population is about 42 years old okay Um, So I was
0: right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What happens is um, back in, so we are sitting here in the courtyard right next to Mass Mocha. Mass Mocha is the largest contemporary arts museum in the United States. Oh, okay. And so this was an old mill building um, or many buildings. There's a ton of them
0: down here.
1: Absolutely. And so this was actually the site of Sprague Electric for years. Um, Sprague Electric went back all the way before World War II and actually helped to make uh, capacitor components okay. for wartime and even parts that ended up in the mm. atomic bomb. Okay. Um, was it mostly
0: for radio equipment and that sort a lot of thing? Though?
1: A lot of stuff like that. Okay. A lot of like capacitors and, and, and resistors and, mm-hmm. and small electrical components. Yeah. And Sprague was here until about nineteen mid-80s. mid, mid 80s. I think it yeah. closed in 84, mm-hmm. 85. And when Sprague Electric left, it kind of killed the economy. Yeah, it And then about eight years... I always
0: wonder how these small towns here in New England survive. Yeah. Because they're a little bit isolated.
1: We are. Yeah. Especially out here in the Berkshires. Uh, North Adams is very isolated because... There's a mountain in between yeah. us and getting to the other side yeah. of the mountain just to get to continue on route yeah. two to Greenfield. Right. What would normally be a 15 minute drive is a 45 minute drive because yeah. you have to go up and over a mountain.
0: And it's a switchback too. Like it's yep. a highway with switchbacks. Yep.
1: Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, um, we're kind of a little isolated up here in North Adams. And then, um, about eight years later in the early 90s, General Electric had their plastics division headquarters mm. out in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, which is about, Um, about a half an hour south Mm, of here and so a lot of people either worked for Sprague Electric or GE and when that closed as well in the early 90s um, it kind of devastated the the economy out this Mm -hmm. way and so a lot of older people stayed and retired here but younger people don't tend to stay because there aren't as many career opportunities Mm -hmm. there is a
0: college here though right? There is a
1: college right here um, the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts Mm -hmm. it's very close by actually yeah. mm-hmm. and um i'm an alumni uh, <laughs> i went to school there mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a nice little college right in the town next door uh world famous williams college oh, is, right. is right in williamstown right. massachusetts consistently ranked one of the top liberal arts colleges yeah. in the country yeah. and in the world um so we do have education here and it's a beautiful place unfortunately um Over the years, uh, after those companies closed, the economy has been in rebuild mode. And so you definitely see an older population here, for sure. And you definitely see potentially more disabled people just because they really don't have the ability to go somewhere else. Right. So, if they I just are here. There's
0: a lot of um, wheelchairs on the streets here. Yeah. Which I haven't seen other places here in Massachusetts.
1: Yeah, the senior community definitely gets out. Um, yeah. The disabled community, we try to make it accessible for them yeah. to get around. Well, it um, looks like
0: there's a lot of housing in kind of the downtown core here, too, as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is great.
1: In a, close by to downtown are two senior housing mm, complexes as well. So, okay. that's why you're seeing more of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is good because it's. Accessible to them yeah. to get downtown and get what they need. So I'm
0: thinking about that because, you know, older people might not know about trans mm-hmm. things. And then they're also coming into the pharmacy a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm wondering about your, your interactions. Do you still work as a pharmacy tech, by the way?
1: No, okay. no. I, I stopped working as a pharmacy tech shortly after and ended up working actually in a nursing home. Okay. After so yep. working with more seniors. Sure. Right, um right. working in healthcare. I, I
0: used to work as a caregiver for uh disabled people. Okay. And I loved it. I loved it actually.
1: Yeah. yeah, I didn't do anything on the medical side. I was more um office or even mm. um I started as a receptionist, worked my way into the business office. Okay. And by the time I left I had done pretty much every job at the facility that was non clinical. Yeah. Just Kind of everywhere.
0: I would have continued with it, but the the pay was unfortunately so low. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, we don't pay people enough who take yeah. care of our loved ones. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, so in in my experience working at the pharmacy, it was mostly okay. There were some people who would give looks that were kind of disparaging. Yeah, but nobody would actually say anything to mm. my face. Um, when you're six foot two and you used to play football, and people know that about you. Yeah. They're not likely to talk crap to your face. So these people <laughs> knew
0: you as a child, then. Uh-huh. I'm assuming. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them knew me growing up, or knew me from high school or college or whatever, okay. or from being involved. Um, and so um, it was. It was interesting at first. You yeah. know, there was a lot of support. Um, more support than I originally thought there was going to be. Yeah. Um, people were kind of nice about yep. things, but there were also those people who just would either give dirty looks or not say anything at all. Mm. And you know, I got lucky for the most part because most people were not going to threaten me in public. You know, Right, right. <laughs> um,
0: it's very polite here. Yeah
1: it, yeah, it it can be, it can be. It can it has its it has its own own things. Okay. You know. Um, is there
0: is there like a cold shoulder kind of thing? Yeah, there's kind
1: of there's kind of like um, we love we love tourists, we love people from mm-hmm. outside, we love visitors, but there is this kind of um, split of people who lived here all their lives and people who are new, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There is there's a little rift there, and there's neighborhoods where where you know this neighborhood knows these people, and I mean everybody knows each other, but like. There are definitely factions within, yeah. within, you know, and that's normal in any community that there would be, you know, a little bit of divide of, of factions and people and families that grew up together. And
0: I did notice coming up here uh, along some rivers, I don't know the names mm-hmm. of the rivers, but uh, there was a, quite a lot of, um, you know, recreation that mm-hmm. probably brings in a lot of tourists. Do you guys see that?
1: here yeah we see a lot of tourism we are about to go into our peak tourism season actually which is in the fall as mm, the foliage comes really? in oh
0: okay. so when
1: all these yeah. beautiful mountains start yeah. turning colors
0: yeah yeah
1: it's it's absolutely gorgeous yeah. people come in um uh, summer and fall are, are really the peak seasons uh, they had the Solid Sound Festival here at Massimoca mm. again this year is that the a music festival? music festival, it, music festival yeah. every two years it's headlined by Wilco and they actually okay. put it on oh. um, are they from here or something? no but they've kind of invested out here they're yeah. invested in, in a motel um, in town called Tourists cool um, we have They one of their one of their band members helped pay for and renovate an old motel and turned it into this beautiful landscape. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And um, so there's there's a lot of a lot of arts and culture here in North Adams. And that's been the boom of our of our city. Unfortunately, arts and culture jobs don't pay great yes and so we're So you going from
0: like industry and high tech to service jobs exactly
1: well not even high tech i wish we would get more high tech but what used to be tech
0: okay yeah
1: what used to
0: for the time
1: high tech for the time yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so we've we've become a a very service and tourist driven economy Mm -hmm. um Our largest employers in the area in general are in healthcare, schools, and then tourist um, retail or hospitality or restaurant. And as we all know, retail, hospitality, and restaurant jobs don't pay well.
0: Well, you sound like somebody who is kind of a perfect city council person, right? Because you are from here. Mm -hmm. You have a deep knowledge of the place, including economics and social stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can see why people... uh, voted you in even if maybe you know it's um you know some of them might think it's a little bit odd that you're a trans person or something like that who knows who knows but it i mean it so it makes sense it makes sense
1: yeah i think i, I you know i was i i'm very open about being trans yeah. and mm-hmm. um you know i didn't run on hey i'm a trans person vote right. for me right but uh, you know i i am a trans woman but here's my experience and here's what yeah. i know and here's right here's what I've seen and here's some mm. solutions that I think could help. And Are you
0: like a solution-oriented kind of person? I am, yes. Yeah. I like mm. to
1: solve problems. Yeah. So I look at a problem, I say, okay, what do we need to do to fix it? Mm-hmm. And i that's the challenge I, I enjoy.
0: What's your educational background?
1: Uh, yeah, so I graduated from McCann uh, Technical High School here in North Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Tech High School, I did information technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to school at Um, MCLA I was at MCLA for five years again I finished with a what uh, is
0: MCLA
1: uh, Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts Mm -hmm. it's here in North Adams and I finished with a business degree um, in um, business administration my concentrations were in um, marketing uh, accounting and sport and event management and I also that's like perfect yeah, that's so a little perfect. bit of everything.
0: That's perfect for being a council person. I mean, business and events. and oh
1: Yeah, and then I also did a minor in U.S. history. Okay,
0: yeah. and then history. Okay, all so right.
1: So we didn't we didn't have um, the Polysatai program at the college. It just about started near the yeah. end of my time there, so I didn't get into that. But that's where I started getting into politics. I got involved in the political science club um, okay. my second year there. And I uh, was president my last two years. So mm-hmm. I ran the club and was really involved in things from that aspect.
0: Yeah. I once ran an engineering club, and it was kind of interesting because I, I wasn't somebody who knew how to, like, put on events or something. Mm-hmm. But you just jump in and do it, you know? Yeah. And then there's organizations that really want to show off what they have.
1: Absolutely. And, and
0: so it, they actually make it a lot easier. I even did something where um, we I brought our students into a nuclear reactor it's a research reactor and then also we got to go to boeing for um and they were they did they had military contracts so we had to like wear special gear and and -hmm. all that so that that was cool what kind of what kind of things did you guys do
1: um we did a lot of events that were politically themed um so when I when I took over as president of the club, my goal was to present both sides of every issue. I wanted okay. everything to be balanced. I didn't okay. want the club itself to appear that it was favoring an issue on one okay. side or another. So like we had um, we had a uh, a forum about marijuana, and what mm. we had was we brought in somebody from Mass Normal okay. to to talk about you know legalization. And then what we is bro-
0: the status of that here, by the
1: way? It is legalized in Massachusetts. Okay. Marijuana mm. is. Um, For any purpose. Yeah, it's decriminalized okay. um, or, or it's legalized Okay. Um, up to a certain amount in possession. I see. Mm-hmm. And so um, back then it wasn't that. Okay. It hadn't yet. Yeah,
0: it's always like this incremental kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we brought in somebody to talk in favor of it from Mass Normal, and then we had also brought in a, uh, a former um, narcotics drug mm. officer to talk about the other side of the issue. Sure. And so that was really something that was important to me was to make sure that all of our events, when we were doing issue-based events, that they talked about both sides of issues. Why was
0: that important to you?
1: It's important because you, when you're in college, you're there to understand perspective and, and kind of develop your own ideas. Mm-hmm. And if you're only hearing the same thing all the time, that eventually ends up being what sticks with you. Yeah, It's hard to make a, an, a, an educated it's hard to make an educated, you know, rational reasoning behind why you support something or don't, without understanding all the nuances around it. If you Even won't... though
0: this is a fairly rural area, I could imagine though that a liberal arts college would be fairly liberal.
1: Absolutely. So, yes. So, uh,
0: and by liberal, I mean more leftist and maybe more democratic leaning.
1: Very so, much so. So, did
0: you ever have any uh, problems with that, like? presenting both si- both sides of an issue not
1: so much no. because the way we did it was we gave everybody the opportunity to speak and and make their own dis- minds up yeah we didn't do it in an aggressive way okay. where well, one side was right and one side was wrong sure. we didn't you know if we put on something that seemed like a debate it was more oh, of a converse yeah. more of a conversation yeah. so it wasn't to the the purpose wasn't to like have a winner mm-hmm. the purpose was to hear all kinds of ideas and formulate your own opinions right and for some people it backed up what they already believed in and some people it made them look at it and be like oh i never thought about it from that perspective
0: how does that inform your work now as uh, somebody who is a leader in a community and also you're an activist of some sort that is beyond also being a councilwoman
1: yeah yeah you know well one of the One of the boards that I serve on as as a city councillor is the IDEA Commission. Mm. It stands for Inclusivity, Diversity, Equity and Access. I'm the co-chair of that commission as a councillor. And one of the things, one of the important things and, and reasons why this commission came about is so that we could look at things and how they might affect people that are different from us okay and how they might affect different communities when we're looking at an issue or looking at a problem mm-hmm. because a lot of times what happens is legislation or things are introduced and people only see them from their own perspective and they only see them from solutions that benefit people like them mm-hmm. right. they don't understand how a simple piece of legislation that's designed to help people, and they think is designed to help people, can be used to weaponize and be used to hurt other people. Yeah. Who uh, can are you give a
0: specific example?
1: Um, well, for example, red flag laws when yeah. it comes to guns, right? Um, is that a big issue here
0: in not Massachusetts? Not so much.
1: Okay. Massachusetts, yes. Mm-hmm. In North Adams, I wouldn't say too much. but. Um, For example, if you use that as an example, right, somebody can call and say, oh, we think this person might be dangerous Mm. and then have their weapons taken away. Now, if that person is ex-military and they have PTSD, Mm -hmm. what they're going to do is they're not going to go get help for their PTSD because they don't want their weapons taken away because they're getting mental health help. Mm-hmm. If you're a trans person who's transitioning and you go to see a counselor, which many of us do, right. and we have therapy. Sometimes it's
0: required.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And somebody uses that against us, saying that we have mental health issues. That can be used to remove weapons from us and as an excuse. So these kinds of right. things can be weaponized against you know, communities that it, it's not meant to be weaponized right. against. Right. And that's a problem. Right. And, so, and so many people need to actually access
0: therapy and that sort of thing so if there's a stigma about it exactly then it makes the problem worse
1: exactly exactly besides
0: even thinking about the um sorry yeah it's okay besides even thinking about you know the right to defend yourself but you know it stigma it further stigmatizes getting help
1: exactly exactly that's not good so people people will people make the choice i have to do one or the other because Mm -hmm. if i'm doing this other thing somebody might use it against me to try to hurt me right and and that's that's how I try to look at everything that we're doing. I want what we do to help people and to do it in a way that doesn't cause harm or causes the least amount of harm as possible. And I think that's the part that gets lost in a lot of legislation. People always want to help others, but they don't they don't look at it from the perspective of reducing harm. Right. And and to me that is really important.
0: Or Sometimes they don't look, of it, look at it in terms of a rights issue.
1: Exactly. So
0: some people will use the excuse of helping in order to just control others. Yes. Or they don't realize that taking away a right is actually a much bigger problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For a
0: specific incident. Hmm. You know, uh, that's pretty common, actually. So thinking about that, like you're a, you're a councilwoman who, um, you know, likes to present many kinds of ideas, you know, which, you know, that, that comes out of your history of doing that in, in college and and that sort of thing. And now you're doing it as a councilwoman, which is great. Um, and there's probably, you know, a lot of diversity around here, I would think. Uh, Some, yeah. Yeah. So it's Massachusetts. So I'm thinking there's probably, you know, some liberals out here, um, there's probably some people who vote blue. There's probably some people who vote red. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably a lot of hunters, I would think. Uh, mm-hmm. I even saw some signs for moose, but I, I'm wondering about that, if I would actually see a moose out here. But maybe, possibly.
1: Definitely deer.
0: Deer, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I was just living in Alaska, so there's a lot of moose up there. Um, should we wait a second for the bell? I don't know. Actually, no. no? OK, good. I, I've been in places where the bells just go forever.
1: Yeah, it'll ring a couple of times, but okay. I think we'll be okay. All right. Um,
0: so what I'm wondering is what your own personal uh, political beliefs are, or philosophy, basically.
1: Yeah, um, so it's it's something that's been evolving over the years, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first got into politics, I, I described myself as fiscally conservative and and socially moderate to liberal mm-hmm. um and then i what do you think of as
0: being fiscally conservative
1: fiscally conservative i think of um not not with what, what it is today that's for sure
0: yeah that's why i'm asking you. when
1: i when i think of fiscal conservative i think of um, I think of balanced budgets. I think of ensuring that there is enough uh, mm. money already in the bank before sure. you spend it mm-hmm. rather than spending money you don't have. Mm-hmm. And I think I,
0: I bet that's really an issue here because the economy has declined here.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think about, you know, um, efficiency. I think about processes, and I think about getting as much money to its intended purpose mm-hmm. as possible mm-hmm. without waste. Mm. So that's what I think of when it comes to, to fiscal conservative. Yeah, um, That's not what conservatives are today, for sure. Right. Um, so I, I kind of moved away from that, uh, and then I, I got involved in libertarian circles and libertarian okay. politics. Um, I was a member of the party for about four years, mm-hmm. I actually recently left the party. Yeah. Um, I got involved in twenty eighteen, and what got
0: you involved in that?
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. Um, I, I I guess I started seeing libertarian, um, or my views aligning more libertarian during the twenty sixteen election. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found myself very drawn to Gary Johnson okay. and his his ideas and. I was like, How would you describe him? He's I right would right? say center libertarian. Central, okay. um, I would say he's pretty center. He's okay. he's actually got some, some traditional party uh, ideal okay. ideas around himself, mm-hmm. and so. But I was I, I I respected him and his ideas far more than Trump or Clinton. Okay. Um, and so I I became a big fan of Gary Johnson at that time and didn't really get involved in the circles back then. Um, But I voted for Johnson, and I was proud of that vote. Yeah. You know, it was one where I was
0: like... Did you feel like you were throwing away your vote?
1: Never. No, (laughs) no. To me, throwing away your vote is making a choice because you feel like you have to make a choice that even if it doesn't go with what you believe in, you have to make that choice. Mm. To me, that's a throw away. Right. Or not voting. uh, Yeah. You're kind of throwing it away Sometimes, well, you know, if you have... Garbage and garbage. Sure. Sometimes you don't pick garbage. Sure. Sometimes you, you leave also, that. You can also write leave in. that one blank or write in. Yeah. Exactly. Write so yourself in. <laughs> I've I've left I've left some ballots blank before when yeah. I don't feel like, but I will never put an X next to a name, of somebody I don't believe in. Yeah. If I don't believe in what their ideas are mm-hmm. or I don't believe in what they're saying, I'm not going to vote for them no matter what. Yeah. I'm not trying to win elections based on defense. Yeah. Voting is supposed to be for who you believe in. It's not supposed to be for the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. And I won't cast a ballot for people who don't align with my principles and values, sure. period. Sure. And and that is really important to me. To me, every, voting is integrity. Every election cycle that's brought up about, um,
0: about third-party voters, that either they're throwing the election towards somebody in particular or they're throwing their, their vote away or um, whomever they're voting for is not going to win so why are you doing it anyway or um, you know why don't you support my candidate and, and that sort of thing do you have anything more to say about that because I, I see it coming up
1: again
0: yeah and it comes up every time so
1: yeah i mean i i got into some arguments um with some people over the last election with trump and biden and you know i was told you know why would you support or vote third party when we're at war against trump Mm -hmm. and And that trying to hurt our community um jorgensen cohen was the ticket Mm -hmm. i actually worked directly with spike cohen Um, so I was part of his team, okay. um, which was, which was great working for a vice presidential candidate sure, bet helping with policy and shaping a lot of his LGBTQ messaging. Sure.
0: I, I must say though, that I am not impressed with that, that person, uh, mm-hmm. Spike, he seems to go with whatever's going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, like he was,
0: he was very, he was talking about justice a lot before when he was, um, in the vice presidential presidential candidate and the presidential candidate was Joe Jorgensen. Yes. Who was definitely more left libertarian I would say.
1: I she she was honestly that was her messaging being pushed. She herself is probably more center or even right leaning. Okay.
0: What I mean I don't know. Her message was
1: being pushed more left.
0: I don't know her so I you know I don't know those details. I'm somebody who sort of has looked at the LP from the outside, the Libertarian Party from the outside, so I don't know all the details, but definitely the messaging was more left-libertarian. Why do you think that was being pushed, by the way?
1: Um, It was being pushed because that was the direction that we needed to go in. Um, You know, we didn't... Unfortunately, the LP at this point has been kind of co-opted and yes. taken over by. We can
0: get into that in a minute. Yeah.
1: By kind of an alt-right faction, yeah. and uh, it's why I'm not there anymore. Yeah. But really, when we talk about libertarian values, there are economic values that are usually more aligned with right-wing ideology. But we also believe in humanity. Libertarianism. Right. A fundamental pris- principle of libertarianism and what I believe in is that no matter who you are or where you're from mm-hmm. all human beings have the same rights careful, and you. their rights are to be able to live their lives mm-hmm. however they choose right. as long as they aren't hurting other people they should be able to love who they want to love, be who they want to be be their most authentic selves
0: yeah I think that, the, that people who conflate um, libertarianism and conservatism don't understand that. that exactly, there's a, that it's a real freedom component. Exactly. The the conservatives often talk about freedom, but really they're about control. Yes. Yes. Whereas libertarians, in general. Ones that are actually really libertarian, correct? Believe about uh, in freedom, yeah. personal free, freedom, free will. Everybody. Free yeah.
1: will. You know, if free will is good enough for God, it's good enough for me. Yeah, you know? definitely. So you know, having the ability to live your life and make your own choices and be responsible for who you are, and you know, there shouldn't be government and systems in place that keep you from being who you are, being mm-hmm. your most authentic self. People shouldn't be trying to hurt you for living your life and trying to be happy.
0: So the party was um, pushing a more left-leaning libertarian message in reaction to how uh, general politics was going
1: down. I, w- I would say so, for okay. sure. Um, you know, Biden was really a center moderate mm-hmm. and didn't have much appeal to anybody. No. And and Trump voters you weren't gonna win them over, no, right? No. The opportunity to, to get other votes came really from the left and the center. Yeah. And from people who 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 respect other human beings.
0: Right. And it's not disingenuous either because the libertarianism is actually very diverse. Yes. I mean, you can think of everybody from like I mean, I'm 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 not saying that Gandhi was a libertarian, you know. <laughs> big L libertarian, but he was on the left side of that, you know, people who fight for other people's freedom, they're on the left side of that. There was also people who are more rightist, like, and Ayn Rand or, you know, other other philosophers. And so it's really, really diverse.
1: Absolutely. So, when I got involved, I got involved back in 2018, and the way I actually got involved was really um, pretty cool. I, um, I sent a message on Facebook to uh, the party chair, Nicholas Sarwark, at the okay. time. And I sent him a message, not expecting a response, but just saying, hello, um, I, I find myself aligning with a lot of libertarian principles, and I'd really like to be involved. But I'm not really sure that, in seeing social media, that trans people are really welcome or belong mm-hmm. in this party. So I asked him, you know, is, is there space in this party for trans people to be here? Mm-hmm. And he actually responded and pretty quickly and said, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Trans people belong in the Libertarian Party, too. We welcome everybody.
0: Interestingly, I had I don't know if you noticed this, but I had an interaction with him online recently. Hmm. He retweeted something from a from somebody he knows uh, who's a journalist who is actually saying some really bad stuff about trans people. Hmm. Um, And actually I'm finding that quite a bit recently. It has become very popular to take on certain Reasonable sounding and I put that in quotes. Okay reasonable sounding sound bites that are coming from uh, Bigotry Mm -hmm. and Incorporating it, you know, I've seen liberals do it. I've seen libertarians do it and it, it shows how effective actually that propaganda is and i saw him do that recently and i Mm. questioned him about it and he didn't take responsibility for it at all Mm. and uh, yeah it was a little bit uh disheartening yeah
1: that's i i i I don't know i've if i've saw that yeah probably not but um, i mean it was just
0: a a twitter whatever thing oh yeah i'm not on twitter he didn't take responsibility for it which which bothered me
1: yeah, um, and so, uh, you know, in continuing that conversation with him, so yeah. he said, yeah, trans people belong here, and I said, okay, if you're willing to put out a public message saying that trans people are welcome in the party, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll get my membership today and get involved and- he did.
0: How many uh, trans or queer people do you think were involved? Um like heavily involved? At
1: that time, there there are a lot of queer libertarians, mm-hmm. a lot. Many of them aren't public about being queer. They just kind of live their lives and it's nobody's business. Sure. Um, but there are a lot more queer people within the libertarian movement than, than you would realize. And um, it does make a lot of sense if you think about it. Yeah. The party was founded back in 1971. Maximal freedom and and one of the first and and it was the first political party that said we need to legalize gay marriage we need to end the wars and we need to legalize marijuana and that was party platform since 1971
0: and that's i believe that's the first party to to really do that here in the u.s right
1: yes yeah so you know libertarians have always believed in the rights of lgbtq people Mm -hmm. and so um it was surprising to me to know that there were so many um queer people within the movement and as i started to get involved um within a month i was reached out to by another trans libertarian who immediately pulled mm. me in and started teaching me policy and brought me onto a campaign um larry sharp who's running for governor in mm. new york right now he ran in 2018 his 2018 campaign was much better than the current one um and and i i was involved in part of that team and being able to learn policy and learning um you know, different ideas and different things there and kind of helping crafting policy messaging. Yeah. And
0: Interestingly, I mean, I keep bringing this up. <laughs> All these people that you're bringing up. Yeah. It seems like there's kind of a not-so-good side. Um, For sure. Uh, Larry, who I very much enjoyed following online, who seems like a really genuinely nice guy, mm. he just got an endorsement from the what's called the Forward Party. Yes. Which was just formed or coalesced uh like a week ago or something and it was um basically some uh Republican um offshoots forming their own little parties, Sam and Ram. I'm not sure what those stand for. But oh. and then they joined with Andrew Yang, mm-hmm. who used to be a, a Democrat. He ran for president, and then he ran for mayor of New York, failed both times but forward is dominantly, and I'm gonna say, absolutely, you know, dominantly, like ninety nine percent, Reagan, Trump, and Bush, et cetera. I think
1: I think more. I think they're definitely more moderate for sure. I don't know about that. I, from my interactions with them, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of the Reagan esque type. Yeah. Um, but I've also seen a lot of the, mm-hmm. the Teddy Roosevelt type. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm glad that you see that, so but I have not seen. Them. I've
1: I've seen a mixture of. Of, that's the range. Uh-huh. You you're basically a I've lot seen of seen a
0: lot of you know DeSantis and Trump and Trump supporters. See, I haven't
1: seen so much DeSantis and Trump. Yes. I've seen more like John Kasich. Uh-huh. Um, you know those moderates. Neil. I haven't heard anybody say mention kind of John centric. Kasich or. I haven't seen people yeah. mention him, but when talking about ideas, mm-hmm. that's who they remind me of. Mm-hmm. Do
0: you do you trust that that's what they are going for because I think they I th- are funded directly by big GOP donors.
1: I do think that a lot of disenfranchised GOP people mm-hmm. who don't want any part of the Trump craziness mm-hmm. are kind of going there. Mm-hmm. So it 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 is kind of more conservative than than liberal for sure. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's it's gonna be a more of a a, a center right rather than a far right, which is kind of mm-hmm. where the GOP has kind of landed. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what ends up happening with it. I'm 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 kind of surprised the Yang influence hasn't brought in more leftist type people. Oh, it
0: has it has actually. There are the so-called Yang gang mm-hmm. folks. Uh, a lot of them are focused on UBI. Interestingly, yeah. though, the Forward Party doesn't actually have a platform. No, it so doesn't. UBI, yeah. UBI UBI is not a part of that, and it's probably not going to be a part of it. I mean, honestly, it's probably not.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something they have on their website. I, I think the main the main things that they have is UBI, um, Ranked choice voting. Um, they don't have UBI up there. They don't anymore. They used no, to. No. They did for there's a while. There's
0: no there's no platform beyond Ranked choice voting and open primaries.
1: Yeah, open primaries was another. That's it. They did. They used to have UBI up there, so maybe mm-hmm. with the merger they took it off.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been hearing things online about things being too woke. You know, and this is from people who are major cheerleaders Mm -hmm. of this this new movement that's coming, is that they don't want things to be too woke. And to me, that's code for uh, leaving out justice issues. Yeah. So I don't see much of a difference between...
1: The old GOP, yeah, this. The, yeah. The,
0: this and you know the
1: old Republican bar. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't see any difference. I just see this as a way to get more Republicans in office. Yeah,
1: percent. I mean, uh, if I look at it, these are probably really a lot of Bill Weld, Bill Weld type, Lincoln Jaffe type, mm-hmm. that, that kind of, you know, old old guard people yes. who are right. just. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it going in that direction yeah. for sure.
0: The reason why I bring that up is because they endorsed Larry Sharp, uh-huh. and now he's very much like into them. And now I can see how that's uh, the case because there's no really there's no more Libertarian Party. I mean, it's out there, it's tweeting, it's you know raising some money, but not very much. Very little. Uh, it's being blocked from. Um, Attending conferences That Thankfully. are libertarian Yeah um, So we're, we're looking Personally I think we're looking at the demise of it I think I think Reno, the Reno conference Was the actual demise of it But there are some people who've been sort of lingering And holding on I did notice that LGBT people though Left pretty much immediately
1: Yeah, I, I had left a few months before and, yeah. and I think that kind of Triggered an eximist among a okay. lot of queer activists Why
0: exactly did you leave?
1: Um, I left, well, at the time, um, uh, so my involvement in in libertarian circles went from getting involved in a governor campaign immediately. Mm. And throughout the four years I was there, I worked on 10 different political campaigns, Mm. ranging from local all the way up to presidential level. Um, And I also got really involved in the party. I was one of the main voices of of LGBTQ people Mm -hmm. within the movement. I became the chair of Outright Libertarians, which yeah. was um, the main LGBTQ group within the party. How old
0: is that? Has that been around for a while? It's
1: been around since the nineties. Okay, um, and and is currently um, that
0: makes sense because. Uh, LGBT rights organizations kind of coalesced during that time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it, it is um, it is an organization that is actually looking to rebrand itself okay. as Outright USA and right. kind of move away from the libertarian Yeah, I noticed focus. they
0: took the libertarian out of that name. They did. Yeah.
1: Um, we, uh, I was. I, I recently went back to the organization, mm-hmm. was reelected chair last week, so okay. I'm, I'm once again serving as the leader of that organization in the transition away from the libertarian party. Mm-hmm. Um, but my move, my leaving from the Libertarian Party stemmed from at the time I was actually the chair of the Massachusetts, um, the Libertarian Party of Massachusetts, okay. the state party here in Massachusetts, and we worked really hard on on building um, a political party rather than an issue-focused party. We were focused okay. on elections. Okay. We wanted to win elections, and and my campaign was kind of the blueprint. Okay. And so when I won my election, a lot of the, the folks who identified as, as Mises folks, mm. um, part of that caucus and that group, which is kind of the alt-right pipeline right. group, they got really upset because once I won, now everything that I was saying was true, and it went against everything they stood for. So they started pushing back, getting really nasty um, you know started using a lot of uh, bigoted language Mm -hmm. started you know personally attacking me personally attacking uh, another member of the board who was a a black man Mm. and they really laid into us online and on social media Mm. started threatening all kinds of things and so we ended up getting to the point where we got fed up and we expelled all of them yeah um It was like if you don't want to be here, then don't. This is
0: the inner party stuff here.
1: Yeah, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. I, I, (coughs) like, the the purpose of a political party is to win elections. Mm I don't have time to be a philosophy club. So if you want to do that, go go over there and start your own club. What they really wanted was they wanted to try to get rid of us so they could take control and have their delegates for Reno so they could be part of that Reno takeover.
0: What I've heard is that um, they used some of the weakness in the LP and um, your rules in order to take over because you could have delegates come in from other states.
1: Massachusetts, you can't. Massachusetts you do have to be a okay. Massachusetts resident but a lot of a lot of the to be a delegate you can qualify like in Massachusetts you can qualify to be a delegate after 30 days of membership okay you can qualify to vote at convention after only 30 days of membership mm-hmm. Um so, you so basically so, they
0: would bust people in. Yeah, they they would over. basically
1: get a bunch of people to sign up last minute yeah. and then bust them in yeah. to it. And they would just get random people to sign up. Yeah. Friends, random people, people right. from other political parties just right. to come in and vote with them. Right. And so that they they could put their people in place and, and, and have control over the delegates.
0: I, I keep wondering how how is it that I mean I'm sure that some of you saw that starting to happen. Yeah, we how, saw it for a how while. How did that not be? How did procedurally, yep. how come that wasn't stopped?
1: It's hard to stop it because changes to the bylaws need to be done by full bodies of the okay. convention. So, and, and a lot of bylaws type changes usually require two thirds or seven eighths votes. Okay. So, as soon as they had a couple people in, they had enough to block anything okay. changing. Okay. Right. So, it, it, was, it, it was a structure issue that that was always there mm-hmm. and and the libertarian party has gone through this before they went through it during the 80s with with the coach uh, uh, and uh, with ron ron paul back mm-hmm. then they went through it again in 2008 with with bob Barr.
0: were these also times when they uh, sort of denuded the language of the platform from from away from justice issues? yeah
1: yeah a lot of the platform was 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 de-platformed that around those yeah. times. Um, okay. 2006, the Portland Massacre, the LP had a really large in individual rights-based platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, almost a 200-page platform, which was probably too much. But they gutted it down to like 10 pages. Oh, my God. But just, it was, that's why they call it the Massacre. Wow. Um, and they were able to do that because people didn't show up. Yeah. And then, and then that led the way to Bob Barr in 2008. And... That led to, you know, terrible things. And then the party started rebuilding, really, I would say around 2012, when Gary Johnson first Mm -hmm. came over and and really made a difference. And
0: people were pissed about him being the presidential candidate.
1: And people were mad because he was considered a Republican. He wasn't one of us. Mm -hmm. You know, the libertarian... The, the Libertarian Party's biggest problem has always been this, you're not a real Libertarian sure. because you don't believe exactly what I do. Sure. Um, there's also this idea of... But also
0: there are Libertarians who are not libertarian. Absolutely. They're authoritarian.
1: Exactly. So
0: it's a strange joke to make,
1: To, to, m- to me, the, the, the baseline is this. If you believe in human rights and yeah. you denounce harming people... Mm-hmm. And you denounce trying to hurt people and, and things that do hurt people, like bigotry mm-hmm. um, and violence, <laughs> then uh, I'll try to work with you. Yeah. Even if we don't agree on issues, I can respect you as a human being. Yeah. But if you don't believe in human rights for everybody, if you do believe that certain people deserve certain rights over mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. if you believe that certain people are superior to, than others... Um, or if you're okay with with bigotry and hatred, then I want no no part of you. I don't yeah. want to associate with you. Uh, that that's as unlibertarian as it gets.
0: Yeah, it's really too bad that this has happened at this time too. I mean, it would be bad at any time that, that basically an alt right group would take over the libertarian party because you guys had or have or had. I'm not sure what the current status is. Ballot access in fifty states. We did, right? yeah. Uh, so here we have this party that's now being taken over by the alt right, and but if it was actually libertarian, with you know the erosion erosion of um, personal freedom right now, you know access to health care, mm-hmm. uh, choice mm-hmm. uh, around abortion, you know all kinds of stuff. The state coming down on parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we really need a voice out there saying. We need to talk about personal freedom here, like in a real way. Absolutely. And, and it's not there.
1: Unfortunately, not there. unfortunately, no. And unfortunately, this new faction, when they did take over in Reno, they they removed the abortion yeah. plank from the platform. Right. They removed that bigotry is irrational and repugnant from the ba- pa- platform yeah. because their new chair had said in an interview, yeah, we, we, we're OK with bigots yeah. joining the party as That's long right. as they vote the way we want them to. That's right. Um so really it's it's to them it's about winning and slamming and owning the libs yeah and about fighting against quote unquote woke culture.
0: Yeah, and it's not passive either. I mean no on, on they have driven people away. Yes they have harassed people yes even at the conference yes. Uh, they, I, I, know women who wanted to, who are very libertarian, who wanted to become involved with the Libertarian Party, and they were like, no way,
1: yeah, no, no
0: way, even before Reno happens, yeah, because they would be basically, you know, harassed online, threatened, you know,
1: yep, yep, yeah, pretty it's common. it's 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 an unfortunate thing. Um, you know, while I was there, I'd I'd like to say that you know the work that I was doing made a difference, especially in pushing. I would say during the last presidential election, pushing more justice and LGBTQ messaging, um, a lot of that mm-hmm. was me pushing back on, on on both Joe and Spike and getting them to get their messages mm. out. Um, I was directly responsible for several of their messages yeah. and around those things. Yeah, and so I I I'd like to say that that's the direction that I believe in is talking about you know um, if we're going to talk about liberty, the the most disenfranchised people. Need the biggest voice Yeah